Welcome to Woodworker and Wife. We're Dan and Bethany Myers. We've been married for almost six years and have three little girls. Are we marriage experts, parenting experts, life experts? Perfect in every way? Not even close. But we do happen to have a microphone and, more importantly, we want to share what God has done and is currently doing in our lives in order to encourage you. Each week we'll cover a topic related to faith, family, marriage, or business with the hope that our conversations will encourage you in your day-to-day life. Our prayer is that you are encouraged and lifted up after listening. Let's get started. All right, so uh, <laughs> welcome to Woodworker and Wife, episode 15, Facebook broadcast. Um, so as we've been doing the last month or two now, mm-hmm. is we are doing a Facebook Live, and then we are putting the audio, which we're recording right now, and that audio is going to go live on your streaming platforms probably today oh um, getting on it look at oh, you last time it was the same day maybe tomorrow it's a lovely day i want to go outside yes yep and there's sunshine two days in a row here in west michigan it's a rarity we're gonna enjoy it mm-hmm. <clears throat> um so what is up with you what's new um so what's yeah quick. we're catching up real quick <laughs> um the pandemic unemployment assistance PUA, the unemployment oh, yeah. for self-employed folks, finally came through this past week. Woo-hoo. So after not working for Seven. six weeks or Something so, like um, and taking several weeks for that to follow through and and work out, mm-hmm. still don't know about the SBA grant scenario. Um, if I had to guess, it's probably not going to come through. Most just likely. because they ran out and they'll probably run it out again. So we'll see. Um, but that unemployment came through, which is a big answer to prayer just so that we can mm-hmm. pay bills. Yeah, it, that's, it is nice to be able to pay our bills. Yeah. That is good. Um, um, oh, and another good news. Yeah. Um, our governor, effective this coming Thursday, is allowing construction industry folks to go back to work as long as you have a safety plan in place and you have, you know... A plan, and And I've had a Mm COVID-19 safety plan on our website for a week, week and a half now, and so it's already been up there in case it got announced. It's been sent out to our past customers and current customers already, Mm -hmm. so we're itching to get back. We have quite a few things to do in clients' homes, and so it'll be nice to, with safety, um, get back and get those things wrapped up so that I can get paid. And, and so they can be done with it, too. Yeah, so they can get the product that they asked for. Yep. Yep. <coughs> and you can move on with some of your new jobs that have come in. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So. Yep. How about you? Uh, well, we started working out more regularly, um, which is nice. Mm-hmm. It's always nice when you can get to that point of um, regularly moving again. Um, I feel like... It, it takes a while, like, with, you know, with all of this crazy stuff going on, um, and the newness of that, uh, a lot of, uh, behaviors can be set off to the side or put off until, mm. you know, put off starting them. So I feel like, um, getting back into a good workout routine again after a long time, and this is also just a postpartum, sometimes it takes a while to get back into a workout routine just due to exhaustion and mostly exhaustion um (laughs) 
And so uh, we've been using the Fit On app around our house, and I love that thing. It's free. There's like hundreds of workout um, videos on there, and it's pretty awesome. Yep. You should check it out. Um, and also today is salon day here at our house, so I will be cutting Dan's hair today. That'll be haircut number two during our third one. Third one? Oh my stars! Whatever. Uh, <laughs> during our um, quarantine here, but I already cut Dan's hair all the time anyway, so it's yeah. not that's not anything new. Um, that's something we started while we were engaged. I think mm-hmm. <clears throat> I was dissatisfied with anywhere he got his hair cut so they just he has a lot of cowlicks and uh, they weren't doing the best job so i've been cutting his hair for six years wow that's a long time mm-hmm. anyway i'll also be trimming my mom's hair and cutting my dad's hair today so we have a full salon day here mm-hmm. um we happen to live with my parents so which we mentioned just about every episode. social distancing because we're all in the same house yep. anyway um so our goal every week is to encourage you and present you with the hope and comfort that can come through knowing Christ. And this week we want to talk about developing your relationship while dating and engaged. Um, I think this one is concentrating more on that dating relationship, Mm -hmm. Um, but we're going to discuss our experience or story with dating and some of the boundaries we put in place to protect our growing relationship and respect each other. Um, we aren't stating this is the only way it can be done, but simply how we went about it. And yes. if you want to know more of like the story story aspect as opposed to the boundaries, we do have... Have we posted the... Did we talk about our dating history? It might be one of the very first episodes. Maybe like how, second how, or we episode, how we met or something. Yep. That sounds right. Yep. So if you're interested in like the more like fun story behind it then um you can listen to that it's like probably episode like (coughs) one through five or something i have no idea now if you've been following (laughs) along with us on social media we did indicate that this week's episode was going to be about wedding vows and as we were preparing for this week's episode we realized well we really got to take a step back and talk about um, healthy dating habits and biblical dating and how that goes up to engagement and then preparing for your wedding and preparing for marriage. And so we are still going to get to wedding vows next time. Yeah. It just, as we were developing this, it just made more sense to change course and do all the pre-stuff, the preparation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we're going to get started. Yeah, sounds good. So it is important to live in a way uh, that honors and glorifies our Heavenly Father. That's our take as Christians and believers, Mm -hmm. Um, and this is even true when dating, especially when dating. The world, aka society, is often telling us how we ought to live, which many Mm -hmm. times can be unbiblical or sinful, but okay according to society. Yeah, so after Dan and I officially became boyfriend-girlfriend, which was a really fun moment in time, (laughs) (laughs) I remember that. Anyway, uh, we set up some boundaries in our relationship, and our goal, like I had mentioned before, was just... Uh, to um, respect each other and keep us from um, delving into sinning and just keeping our relationship healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and those boundaries we set, um, that was our goal, was just to make sure that we didn't develop our relationship too quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and it just, you know, I guess that's what it was. Anyway, so our main boundaries included uh, keeping things... Uh, rated PG when it came to physical intimacy and um, 
and then more of on the spiritual aspect is not praying together as a couple or being each other's like accountability struggle for any or accountability partner for any struggle we may be having. Um, and we're going to dive more into what those boundaries looked like mm-hmm. in our relationship um, in just a minute. Yeah. So when we mentioned this was in our mm-hmm. first few episodes, how we met was by eHarmony. And so when we both decided to get on eHarmony, it was because we were seeking a relationship that would ultimately continue on to marriage. Like we were yes. both ready for that next chapter. That was the intent of trying to find a suitable mate. Yes. It sounds like I'm talking about birds finding a mate. <laughs> but th- that was our <clears throat> ultimate goal was, you know, we were both in our mid to late 20s. We were out of college. We had jobs. And so it was that next logical step of our life of we want to get married. We want to have a family. Yeah. And so we got to find the right person for that. Um, so this idea of, you know, seeking a relationship that would continue on a marriage, that falls more into the idea of courting as opposed to dating. And courting is a very old term, um, especially in our today's society. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the goal of dating is companionship that may or may not culminate in marriage. It's effectively a social event. Like I'm going to socially date just so that I can have companionship, you know, have that company, whether it's um, more physical or not, but it's, it's with that purpose of having social companionship. Yes. And Mm then uh, courting, which may be old fashioned is very Mm -hmm. worthwhile. You can get to know your significant other while courting without being physically or spiritually intimate. Thus, you give your relationship time to grow as a friendship first, and we know that friendship is a huge part of a healthy, lasting marriage, among other attributes. Yep. Yep. With that goal in mind of mm-hmm. marriage. So there, <clears throat> the big difference there is the end goal. Right. Um, and so what is that end goal that you're aiming towards with both of those things? So... <clears throat> there are studies out there that show that being sexually intimate before marriage creates an emotional bond between partners, and spiritual intimacy while dating can also create those uh, connections too quickly. Mm-hmm. And so we'll be posting some links to um, some different studies and articles that we found yep. um, in our show notes, um, just that kind of um, show that science behind those things. Yep. Um, and so you can look for those there. Yeah, so... Um... I wouldn't say it's necessarily a causation, like a cause and effect. It's more correlation that's been effect, that's been um, frequently studied. But like one mm-hmm. of those studies is number of sexual partners you've had before marriage, and how that relates to the rate of divorce. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if like zero to one partners before marriage um, is relatively low two is pretty high like three to four is not quite as high as two but then of course anything you know five to ten or ten and more is going to be very high as far as the rate of divorce which i found interesting but not surprising yeah yeah and that's not to be doom and gloom like if you fall into one of the categories that's a little more extreme that is not meant to just be like, hey, you're doomed. Mm-hmm. Um, but just something to be aware of. Yep. Um, and just a good piece of information to have. Yep. And if you fall into one of those categories where you've had a lot of partners, we're not judging. We're just offering our experience in dating and 
kind of setting up a game plan that could lead to success. Yes. Okay. So in talking about those studies, um, there's actually an interview two years ago with Vox, V-O-X. Um, so they interviewed Helen Fisher. She's a biological anthropologist and the chief scientific advisor for Match.com, right, which is a popular dating site. Mm-hmm. And in that interview, they discussed the results of brain scans that they did on individuals. Oh, I am very sorry. Potty alarm. Potty alarm. Potty training. <laughs> um, so they discussed results of brain scans done on individuals who had recently fallen in love. And so we're going to read for you an excerpt of that interview um, just to get an idea of, you know, the brain activity mm-hmm. and the brain mapping and mm-hmm. the results that came from that interview. Yeah. Yep. So I'm going to be the role of the interviewer. And I'll be Helen Fisher because we thought it'd be fun (laughs) to role Um, play. Well, the interviewer was a guy, too, so it just made sense. Yeah, anyway. Okay, so in the interview, um, he says, so uh, in the experience of love at the level of the brain is different from the experience of sex or from feelings of attachment? Question mark. Question mark. So is the experience of love at the brain level different from the experience of sex or feelings of attachment. Yes, so Helen responded, The sex drive is largely largely orchestrated by testosterone in both men and women, but romantic love is orchestrated by the dopamine system. I see romantic love as a basic drive that evolved millions of years ago to focus your mating energy on just one individual and start the mating process. The sex drive motivates you to look for a whole range of partners, but romantic love is about focusing your mating energy on one person at a time. So being in love is like being hooked up to a perpetual dopamine drip, and you get a little hit every time you see the person or touch them or think about them. Yeah, so Helen responded. Uh, She said, dopamine drip? I love that phrase. I haven't heard that before. It's a great way to put it, but the dopamine hits occur (coughs) even when you're not with the person. You can think of love as an intense obsession, but it's really an addiction. You think about them all the time. You become sexually possessive. You get butterflies in your stomach. You can read their emails and texts over and over again. But I say it's an addiction because we found that, in addition to the dopamine system being activated in the brains of people in love, we also found activity in another part of the brain called the nucleus, oh, here's a word I don't know how to pronounce, accumbens, we'll run with it. This part of the brain is activated in all forms of behavioral addiction, whether it's drugs or gambling or food or kleptomania. So this part of the brain fires up in people who have recently fallen in love, and it really does function like an addiction, which is why romantic love is far more powerful brain system than the sex drive. Hmm. Interviewer says, I've heard you say that casual sex isn't as casual as we think. Why not? So Helen responded, "Uh, it's not casual because when you have sex with somebody and it's pleasurable, it drives up the dopamine system in the brain. That can push you over the threshold into falling in love. And when you orgasm, there's a flood of oxytocin and vasopressin. Those neurochemicals are linked with the attachment system in the brain. So there are all these potential chemical triggers that can get activated when you have sex with someone, whether it's casual or not. Something like one-third of people who've had a friends-with-benefits relationship have fallen madly in love with that person. So casual sex is not casual. It can trigger these brain systems from romantic love and feelings of attachment. 
so and, and that's the end of the interview or the part that well, we were part going that we through yeah, yeah so um effectively the science behind waiting for sexual intimacy until marriage so that you don't bond in such a way that you don't see the red flags at least that's how we're interpreting it yeah um so these aren't always extreme red flags but they could include different life goals like um kids versus no kids or character flaws that might be more than you can handle for the rest of your life so that premarital sex is clouding your judgment effectively yes. because it's creating these attachment feelings these feelings of falling in love because it's this chemical addiction mm-hmm. um which i mean I, I like to say i have a great chemical addiction to her <laughs> but we're married so it makes sense um so, you know, God wants us to hold on to this gift and wait to open it when the time is right. He doesn't want us to spoil the surprise and the science we feel backs that up. Yeah, yeah. So just making sure that you're bonding with someone once that um, full commitment is in place. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, I, we <laughs> talked about this, um, and it just is like as a side note, if um, you do decide to completely wait until marriage... Um, and your spouse happens to be your only sexual partner, they're going to be the best you've ever had because you don't have a comparison there. So because Dan has been my only person, he's all I know. And so when we have time together to be intimate, there's nothing else in there bouncing around. Mm-hmm. You know, it's him and I, and that's, it's a real blessing. Let's just leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> That's just a little bit of a side note. We thought mm-hmm. we'd uh, toss that in there. Yeah. So the first part of that was the physical boundary, the, um, you know, not having sex before marriage. Mm-hmm. And especially, I should say, within dating, not becoming physically intimate because we want to see, are we compatible? Are we good friends? Do we like being around each other? Yes. Yep. You know, and not have the that dopamine drip, yep. if you will. Yep. determining things yeah so that and that's why we set up that pg pg mm-hmm. boundary of physical um before marriage so right. you know hand holding mm-hmm. a hug yep a cuddle, a cuddle like watching a movie or yeah kiss on the lips yeah like think it was much past that really no no that was it mm-hmm. pg pg what can you see in a pg movie yep not much more than you used to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway. So, but aside from that, you know, we also mentioned spiritual boundaries. And as we mentioned earlier, our spiritual boundaries included not praying together as a couple and not becoming each other's accountability partner. We did discuss sermons we heard or churches that I wanted to check out because when we started dating, I was new to town. I didn't have a yeah. home church yet. And she was from the area, yes. even though she lived an hour away. So, there was this, you know, we would talk about the churches, talk about the sermons, just at that level so that I could find somewhere to go. Um, well, and we kind of talked about, like, what, what did you learn about or what was interesting or, um, you know, just to kind of delve into what we were learning about. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, but you can yeah. keep going. Um, we did also share our testimonies with each other and some of the spiritual paths we had been on. Um but we did not do a dating devotional or pray together. Yeah. Like maybe pray at a meal if that, yeah. but otherwise it wasn't this, 
you know, we're going to be praying for each other right now like we do in our marriage. Um, and so here's why. So consider this. Um, and this is from, um, oh, what's the website here? CompellingTruth.org. Um, so let's consider this. Our relationship with God is perhaps the most intimate thing we have. When we invite others into this, we are inviting them into intimacy. One way married couples strengthen their relationship is by praying together. Certainly, dating couples should pray together, but the manner in which they pray should preserve their personal boundaries. Married couples can pray as one unit before God. Uh, dating couples are still two individuals. Additionally, dating couples do not have the commitment that married couples do. They have not yet been made one, as it says in Mark 10, verse 8, and they are no more attached to one another than friends. Dating couples should honor one another by respecting boundaries. Though dating couples are deepening their relationships and learning whether they are compatible for marriage, they should not act as though they are married. Certain gifts are reserved for marriage only. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So some good stuff there. I mean, it does say you, you know, pray together, but you're not coming together as a couple and praying as a couple before right. God. Um, and so I think that is something that you would have to discuss with the person you're in a relationship with, mm-hmm. um, what that looks like, um, and um, how you can best support each other in that. Because I would say it might be a little different from couple to couple. Um, um, I know, too, I've heard of a number of instances where um, couples that are just fresh into dating, like there are a few dates in or they've been going out for a month, and um, most times I think it's the guy that'll do this, from what I've heard, is they'll be like, hey, why don't we read through a book of the Bible together? Why don't we pray through this together? And really trying to push that spiritual intimacy, um, which frankly is off-putting, and dangerous. Um, I mean, it can be. Unless you've been friends for a really long time and you already have that and then you're like, oh, we're dating and we're going to get engaged pretty quick. I know those cases too and it works mm-hmm. out. But, you know, if you've just met and you've been dating for a month and he's like, hey, why don't we do this Bible study together? Um, I would be cautious about that mm-hmm. just because you it's developing the spiritual intimacy possibly too quickly. It can do more damage than good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, so something we did uh, while dating, once we kind of were like, hey, I think we're going to really, we find each other attractive, we're compatible as friends, uh, <clears throat> and we wanted to pursue marriage, uh, we decided to go through this book called 101 Questions to Ask Before Getting Engaged. And let's be honest dan was like we should read this book and i was like let's get it done (laughs) and i took every opportunity to go through this book of questions with him Yep. if we drove somewhere together or went to visit my parents or talked on the phone at night we would go through the book yes we yeah well and at that point we were talking on the phone every night yeah um and and at that point i think we knew pretty clearly that we um that we were do we started after we said i love you or before after after so definitely after so it would have been like november we started it in november of when we were dating 
And we had it done within like four weeks. Yes, we did. Yeah. Because the, the goal was, if you go through the book, you should be popping the question when you're done, if there are no red flags. Yeah. And there were no red flags. And I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I like this. I like Dan. I love him. Let's get this book going. Yep. I was very excited. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, so uh, Dan had a physical copy. I think I had it on my Kindle. I think you did. At the time. Um, and so we could look through the questions ahead of time, or we talked about them uh, just uh, spur of the moment, either way. Uh, and it's by H. Norman Wright. And the main purpose of this book is to really just go through and to get to know each other on a level that um, is just deeper and and to ask questions that you may not come up in normal conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, there's so many topics in here. We were uh, flipping through it last night, which was kind of fun to see some of Dan's some answers, of answers. Yeah. Um, from back then. Uh, and some of the topics include like your spiritual journey, how you handle your finances, uh, previous relationships and breakups, uh, potentially annoying habits and patterns. Um, and I think that's a, big mm-hmm. one too um you know and whose family you might not spend holidays with um things like communication yeah medical history which was important for us because i do have a medical history well you colitis. have a condition i have a condition condition yes because i also have a medical history it's just not as robust yeah it's not as interesting as yours yep um mm-hmm. our you know future goals mm-hmm. yep which I don't know if it got into there, but for us, future goals also meant what are our future ministry goals? Yes. Yep. Future ministry goals. Um, we were both teachers at the time. And so we also discussed what our future vocations um, might look like because I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. And that was something that if Dan wasn't okay with that, that was going to be a big problem in our marriage. Um, but that was something that you were you were okay with. Yep. Um, uh, and at <clears> the time... I just knew teaching. Yeah. I didn't really have a plan beyond that. Um, I didn't really have a plan or a dream or drive to do woodworking in that full time until after we bought our house and had Jane and yeah, you know, I think that's when that developed. That, it was yeah. Then we had another plan. Yes, that you would go back to work and I would yeah. stay home after the after the kids got older and they were in school. Mm-hmm. Then I would go back to work as a parapro or a teacher or whatever, so we could have insurance, and then Dan would do woodworking full time. Boy, now, how plans change! Because now we homeschool. Yeah, we are. And homeschooling. by we, now she homeschools. <laughs> so I'm still teaching, <coughs> um, but yeah, we're homeschooling, and you're woodworking full time. Mm-hmm. So God plans things differently than we do. Mm-hmm. So there you go. All right. Uh, we digress. Yep. Anyway, so family history. Um, How we were parented. Yep. Potential concerns or red flags with one another. Political beliefs. Political beliefs. Yeah. All those, like, and there's so many more um, questions, obviously, because there's 101. Um, but uh, so it just kind of delves into all those. And I would say, like, uh, if you didn't do a book like this and you didn't have premarital counseling, mm-hmm. Um, and you're, you're like, Hey, that might be interesting to still go through something like this, especially like, even if you don't have kids or anything, it might be, there might be questions in here you didn't talk about Mm -hmm. with your significant other before you got married. So it still might behoove you to, um, check this book out and see if, 
um, there's some things in there for you to discuss. Yep. Yep. So, and we've been wanting to share this book for a very long time with you guys. Um, Just, it's been on our hearts for a while and didn't have a way of showing it yet. So here we go. Um, so yeah, so I guess for some some reference, some timeline for you, um, I purchased this book a few years before meeting Bethany. So we're 2020. We met in 2013. I bought it maybe yes. 2010. Feels I think awesome. around 2010 or so. You held on um, to it for a while. Then. I did. So I was previously engaged uh, back in 2009, and my fiance at the time broke it off with me. Um, to be truthful, I was struggling with sexual sin, and um, we were struggling to mend the resulting spiritual and emotional breaks that come with that, um, that come with pornography addictions. Mm-hmm. And I would say that I was addicted to pornography, um, which is hard to share, but important just to be truthful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that we've discussed at length and mm-hmm. have had to forgive and heal over as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it came to the point where I don't think she could trust me and um, I remember her saying when, when she gave me the ring back was um, I can never date a guy or be with a guy who struggles with that and um, I was hurt and I remember the guys I was close to at church I told them that and they were like well good luck to her finding a guy because a lot of guys struggle with it Mm-hmm. And I eventually got to a point where I was able to do some healing myself um, over just the, that struggle and realized that, you know what, it is possible to be free from that. And there are guys that don't struggle with that. Mm-hmm. And so my sincere prayer for her year later, two years later, was that she would meet a guy that was everything that she hoped for. Mm-hmm. Um, that treated her right, that she could trust, that did not struggle with that. And I believe she found that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't talked to her since 2009. I'm appreciative of that. Yep. Um, but I know that she got married and um, I think to a pastor. So hopefully that's all going well. But, um, you know, in that process, though, when we were, I think when we were dating, um, she, so I'm trying to think here, um, she went to Michigan State and she was involved with crew in a sorority, and I don't know if this was a sorority sister as well, um, but it was her mentor through crew that mm-hmm. was a good friend of hers, and she was, the, the mentor was dating a guy at the time, and so we had gone on a double date one time, and I remember talking to this guy, Paul, um, a couple of times, and at one point he showed me this book that he had in his car. And it was 101 questions asked before getting engaged. Mm-hmm. And him and Rana, his now wife, they were dating, but they were very, um, oh, what's the word? They were intentional Intentional about their boundaries and mm-hmm. what they wanted to achieve through dating and courtship. Mm-hmm. And so they were going through the book. And I just remember talking to him about this book and... Um, after I wasn't engaged anymore, probably in 2010, I think that next summer, um, I went ahead and bought this book and held on to it. Yeah. Because I knew that when the right woman came along, that we would go through that and that would be our preparation for getting engaged. Mm-hmm. And 
unlike Bethany, I did date. I dated a lot, quite a few girls and women mm-hmm. um, through graduate school and even out of graduate school. But I never brought up that book. Mm-hmm. Can I point out, you say, unlike me, you dated. <coughs> I, we have two very different pasts there. Two different personalities. Mm-hmm. So... I just, it's, upbringings. Yeah, upbringings, all that. Anyway, but it just, it's so starkly different. I kind of had a boyfriend in high school. I quote unquote that kind of had one. Um, I don't know. And that was about it. So before I met Dan, I just, I hadn't done any of that. And, and honestly, I didn't want to mm-hmm. because I was like, it's a lot of time. I don't have time for that. I don't have the emotional, like, extra anything to put into that i don't want to get married right now so i'm just not gonna do it like mm-hmm. so you know when we both got on e-harmony i was finally like you know i think i'm ready i'm ready to get married so let's do this yep and so i had really just put off all of that mm-hmm. until then yeah so anyway in the <clears throat> effort of being transparent I should also note that in the few relationships I had prior to Bethany, so after first engagement before Bethany, that was a four-year period. Mm-hmm. So especially in that last um, year, year and a half before you, I mm-hmm. was dating because I was at a point where I was looking ahead to that next chapter. And in those relationships, we would tend to explore the physical aspect of the relationship more so than simply getting to know one another and build a friendship foundation, which we know is so crucial down the road. Um, let's face it, we were horny 20-somethings. And so, it, it, I mean... I, yeah, I understand that. Right? And so when you go after that physical aspect of the relationship first or more so, it's that dopamine trick or dopamine trip that uh, uh, just that, that bonding and connection that develops mm-hmm. and you're using that to see whether you like the person or you're compatible. And I found to be the case in each of those relationships that, you know, big picture, we weren't compatible mm-hmm. that I couldn't see myself being with them long term, And I would try to kind of hide those red flags because I liked the physical part. But eventually it it was always clear, no, this isn't right. Mm -hmm. Um, Not that it's, I'm not, you know, if you're doing that, I'm not condemning you or judging you. Just for me, it wasn't the right thing to do because God was calling me to something bigger and better, which was to pursue the friendship part and to set boundaries. Mm -hmm. And so he was preparing me for that for quite a while. Um, And so Bethany was the first woman I dated where she was intent on strengthening our personal relationships with Christ as individuals before developing that together. Mm-hmm. I like how uh, Craig Rochelle out of Life Church in Texas, um, he's got a, a series a couple of years ago on wedding vows. And he indicates in there about how, um, what was it like, you know, say dad comes home from work and the kids all want to come after him to give him hugs and kisses. Mm-hmm. And he says, nope, mom's second. And Mm -hmm. so the idea is that God is always first, mom is second, and then the kids are after that. Mm. And so, nope, I'm going to number two first, which sounds odd because it should be, oh, I'm going to mom first, Mm -hmm. which actually doesn't always happen in our house because our kids run and tackle me. Well, and I'm usually in the kitchen, (laughs) in the kitchen cooking dinner or attached to a small person, usually Mm -hmm. Lucy. 
Um, but anyway, so um, just that idea that uh, what was I? So somewhere in here. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so she was the first woman I dated, where she was intent on strengthening our personal relationships with Christ mm-hmm. as individuals before developing that together. I wanted that so much too, and I appreciated that we were equally yoked in that regard. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot to be said about being equally yoked in marriage. Mm-hmm. And I could see that even when we met and were dating, that we had similar goals and aspirations in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to have a strong foundation and relationship with Jesus first. Right? So when you're dating, that's why it's important that you're not doing devotions or praying together. Because you should be growing your own faith first instead of growing together until you're married. Mm-hmm. Yep. And as it says in Matthew 6.33, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So seek God first, and then the other stuff will fall in line. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we often hear about how the Bible is one big redemption story, and it's so true. So if you're single or dating, but your, your relationship with Jesus is minimal or non-existent, and you want that, that <laughs> we would love to pray with you for that. So we would love an email, Facebook message, or um, whatever the case may be. Um, if you're currently single or dating or in a dating relationship, or you happen to know someone who is in a dating relationship, mm-hmm. or you're young married who may not have explored all the questions that could be in this book, mm-hmm. um, we would love to gift you a copy of this book. So um, for free for yes, gift, gift, gift. yes. Um, we don't have a million dollars, so it is going to be a limited number of people. Yep. But um, still, contact us. We would love to send one your way. Yep. Um, it may be a little delayed due to current circumstances. Yep. Uh, and so, yeah. Yeah, we just... <coughs> it was extremely influential. We've recommended this book on to other couples who I mm-hmm. think have also appreciated it. Yep. Um, I think it just opens your eyes to a lot of different things that mm-hmm. um, you might not think about. Yep. So, I mean, if you're dating and you're thinking, well, yeah, the end goal is marriage... And so you've got to do some preparation. It's, you can't just be in a honeymoon phase forever because it's not going to work that way. And so, um, or it probably won't work that way. I just trying to make certainties. Um, but when you're dating, you've got to get to know your partner before you ask them to marry you. Mm-hmm. And so this book is a great tool for that. And then, um, you know, once you're engaged... You've got a whole bunch of other things to consider, even just to get to your wedding day, let alone your wedding day and beyond. And so we're going to talk about that more so next week. We're going to dive into marital engagement, preparing for the wedding day by digging into the wedding vows and what they mean and see, you know, um, and even if you're married, are you living up to your wedding vows? Mm-hmm. If not, what can you do differently? Mm-hmm. And, and how can you be praying and how can we be praying for you? So... That's a look ahead at what we're going to be doing. Yes. Next yeah. time. Next time. <laughs> but in the meantime, we appreciate you guys listening in. Yes. So if you um, are planning on messaging us, you can do that on Instagram. At Woodworker and Wife. You can do that on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Woodworker and Wife. Or you can email us. 
woodworkerandwife at gmail.com. So there you go. Yep. Thanks for watching or listening, and uh, we would love to hear from you. Yep. Have a good weekend.